Welcome to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast. In our podcast, we provide support for school leadership and the workplace with a proven approach for implementing social and emotional learning. As it's well known in our schools today and emotional intelligence in the modern workplace with a proven strategy to increase well-being, achievement, and results backed by the most current neuroscience research. I'm Andrea Samadhi, author and former educator who, like you, knows firsthand about stress in today's schools and corporations, along with the effects that this stress has on our well-being, achievement, productivity, and results. In this podcast, we will provide you with the tools, resources, and ideas to implement proven strategies backed by the most current neuroscience research to help you to achieve the long-term gains of implementing these success strategies in your daily life. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit AchieveIt360.com. AchieveIt360.com. Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets SEL podcast. This is Andrea Samadhi. As a recap, in our first episode, we shared with you the why behind implementing an SEL or an emotional intelligence training program in your school or workplace. The second episode, we introduced the first of six social and emotional learning competencies that we'll be diving deep into over the next six weeks. Concepts like self-awareness, social awareness, relationships, responsible decision-making, self-regulation, and mental mindset. With each competency, we'll investigate the best practices and strategies that educators in the workplace can use for themselves to develop and improve their own SEL and emotional intelligence and well-being practice before extending these strategies to their districts, schools, classrooms, workplaces, and communities. We'll offer ideas, tools, and resources in the show notes section, so be sure to take a look at the resources so that anyone can apply these skills themselves and then teach others for improved results, focus, and productivity. Today, we're going to dive deep into the relationship competency. We did cover this topic in an interview with Assistant Superintendent of Schools from Chicago and author of the book, Significant 72, Unleashing the Power of Relationships in Today's Schools, Greg Wolcott. Be sure to see episode eight with Greg to learn more about the research behind relationship building and academic achievement. In addition to schools, relationship building is proving to be the key to success and well-being and the attribute that ties all the pieces in your life together. Dr. Daniel Siegel, a clinical professor of psychiatry at the UCLA School of Medicine, he's also the executive director of the Mindsight Institute, proposes in his book, The Developing Mind, that relationships represented the three aspects of one reality essential to human well-being. He calls them the three R's, relationships, reflection, and resilience, and that human connections shape neural connections, and each contributes to the developing mind. He explains that we need to teach more in schools than just reading, writing, and arithmetic. We should have reflection, relationships, and resilience as the three R's. Let's dive deeper into understanding communication, relationships, and your brain. If you want to strengthen your relationship with another person, relate to them better, and have them relate to or understand you better, you must remain relaxed, observant, and non-judgmental. 
Otherwise, the person that you're interacting with will feel and connect to your inner stress, causing their brain to assume a defensive stance, and they just won't trust you. Having the ability to watch a person's face, their gestures, and their tone of voice will cause their brain to align to yours, forming a process called neural resonance. This allows the closest connection between what two people are thinking and feeling. Here are five ways to train your brain to connect to others mindfully. Remember to observe others mindfully. Before you engage with someone else, always take time to connect to this person at the deepest level possible. If you notice facial expressions or body language, ask questions like, how are things going today? To connect with them and learn more about what could be happening in the, their world. Always interact with others in a fair and kind manner. Listen to others without judgment and demonstrate that they matter to you by leaning towards them when they speak and then be sure your body language and facial expressions match what you want to convey in a supportive manner. Show them that you're actually listening. Bring warmth to the tone of your voice with every person you interact with. If you drop the pitch of your voice, you'll automatically talk more slowly, allowing the listener to better understand you. This strategy was originally developed and tested in 2011 at the Department of Communication Science and Disorders at the University of Houston to help oncologists present bad news to patients. Add kindness and compassion activities to your day. Nearly 100 peer-reviewed experiments conducted at universities around the world have concluded that when practiced for 30 minutes, three times a week for a month, it strongly increases positive emotions, improves interpersonal interactions and pro-social behavior, and it deepens one's understanding of others. Make an effort to do random acts of kindness for others. We all know how good these feel to be on the giving and receiving end of kindness. Practice forgiveness. At Virginia Commonwealth University, researchers found that the ability to consciously replace unforgiving feelings with positive feelings affects the peripheral and central nervous system, increasing your own feelings of well-being. Researchers have found that being unforgiving can be damaging to your health, while emotional forgiveness of others reduces anger and stress. Remember that you can exert your energy more productively if you don't waste it on negative emotions that zap your energy that could be used somewhere else. For practical applications for the classroom, ensure that everyone feels valued and appreciated. Help students develop meaningful relationships. Make sure that you build a support infrastructure with staff to support educator well-being as well. When one teacher falls, it affects everyone. And for students, children are more likely to be respectful when important adults in their lives respect them. They're more likely to care about others if they know they're cared about. Marzano in 2003 states that students will resist rules and procedures along with disciplinary actions if the foundation of a good relationship is lacking. He goes on to say that relationships are perhaps more important at the elementary and junior high levels than at the high school levels. And according to Zem and Kotler in 1993, students will never trust us or open themselves up to hear what we have to say unless they sense that we value and respect them. We've all seen on social media tips for improving relationships in the classroom, but here are some ideas. Creating connections. 
Research shows that greeting the student at the door produces a 20% increase in academic engagement and a 9% decrease in disruptive behavior. It creates a connection when students feel seen, heard, and valued, when they give without judgment, and when they derive strength from the relationship. Gina Connell in her article, 10 Ways to Build Relationships with Students This Year, adds the importance of saying goodbye to this daily routine. At the end of the day, she stands at the classroom door, wishing them a good evening, offering closure to a productive day. Building trust. When I think back to my favorite teacher, his name was Mr. Walker from fifth and sixth grade, I remember that he had a special nickname for each student. The unique name made us feel special, valued, and that we mattered. If a nickname is too much, calling students by their name is one of the most effective ways that we can show their uniqueness. Boost personalized learning. Juwab School District in Utah improved their high school graduation rates from 78% to 97% by rethinking what was considered non-negotiable to help all students learn more. So class periods could be lengthened, lunch periods could be moved around, and deadlines could be changed, all in service of student learning. Superintendent Jim Shank made changes including redesigning its grading system, changing the length of class periods in the high school, switching them from iPods to iPads, and better using those devices to transform instruction rather than just provide a new medium for traditional activities. At the center of personalized learning, he has to focus on building relationships with students every day. So how does relationship building translate into the workplace? At the heart of relationship building in the workplace is the ability to be socially mindful as all employees work toward achieving company and personal goals. Many of these competencies that we're talking about overlap and work together, but here are some suggestions. Wynne Claybaugh, the Dean of Paul Mitchell Schools, emphasizes the importance of choosing the right wording in his team meetings. So they focus on finding solutions instead of solving problems. Be careful of what you say and how you say it. Never open up a meeting with, I've got a ton of problems to discuss. Turn it around to say, I'm looking for some solutions to the following problems. You can feel the difference, it just feels lighter saying it this way. Even saying, oh, I don't like that idea can cause interpersonal distress. So be mindful of framing your responses so that the conversation flows in a way that solutions can be found. The research is clear. Rapid speaking can cause people to distrust you, whereas slower speaking will deepen their respect. We all know it's important to slow down when speaking, but there's more reason to slow down when we know how our rate of speech impacts how others perceive us. As we mentioned before, slowing down your rate of speech and adding a warm tone to your voice neurologically improves listener comprehension and reduces stress. Be clear about what you would like to accomplish and keep your meeting short. Practice speaking briefly and getting your point across in 20 seconds or less and allow time for others to respond to you. This will help you to learn how to be very clear about what you're saying in meetings and prevent time wasting. When I was working with neuroscience researcher Mark Waldman on a project, he asked me to tell him what I wanted to say in 10 words or less. And I found this really difficult to do since I often had a lot that I wanted to, to say and I needed his help with. And I often just sat there not knowing how to reduce what I wanted to say to 10 words. It was definitely a powerful activity to train your brain to be clearer in conversations. 
some outcomes and results of building and improving relationships. In schools, creating strong educational environments for all learners continues to be at the forefront of conversations with school systems across the globe. Professor John Hattie, in his groundbreaking book, Visible Learning, a synthesis of over 800 meta-analysis relating to achievement from 2009, set out to identify which strategies and innovations had the greatest impact on student achievement in schools. His research from over 50,000 educational research studies on 236 million school-age students found that teacher-student relationships have an effect size of 0.72, which means that strong teacher-student relationships lead to almost two years of student growth in one year's time, and that's significant. In the workplace, EQ refers to someone's ability to perceive, understand, and manage their own feelings and emotions. Being more mindful of themselves first before being mindful of others in the workplace is one way to improve productivity and results. People will perform better when they feel safe, that they belong, and they have a sense of purpose for being there. They'll be focused on their company goals when they feel valued and respected. So this wraps up episode nine on how to build and sustain relationships. Thank you for joining us on the Neuroscience Meets SEL podcast and staying right to the end. We appreciate that you are here and want to learn with us. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episode. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com.